Hello and welcome to Thought Starters, the podcast where we hear from culture's brightest thinkers and creatives to explore what inspires and delights them, all brought to you from White City Place. I've been a writer and editor for about a decade now, and writing can seem easy, but it's famously incredibly difficult. So I'm fascinated by how other people approach the excitement or the horror of a blank page. Caleb Azuma Nelson is a writer and photographer from Southeast London. I love Caleb's work because he writes about London in a way that makes you actually appreciate living there. Not that people who don't live in London wouldn't enjoy his work. In fact, I think anyone could enjoy Caleb's writing because the theme he seems almost incapable of avoiding is love. His first novel, Open Water, is a love story set in Southeast London. Because Caleb is a writer and a photographer, he has this really deep connection with imagery and sound, meaning that his writing is really vivid, especially for anyone visually minded. In that sense, his writing is completely immersive and is proof that Caleb is not just a fantastic writer, but a true enthusiast who likes to take in the beauty of the world and then translate it onto the pages of his books. I spoke to Caleb as he was working on his second book about what he learned from penning the first and how on earth you actually write an entire novel in the first place. Apparently, like most jobs, it starts with a blank Google Doc. No words in the official document, but there's a lot of notes. Like I've got, I've got notes. I've been making notes for like a year. Is there like an official Google Doc that you go into when you're ready? No. Assuming you write in Google Docs, I don't know why no, I assume no. that. There's there's a word there's a word document that is titled the the novel will be called Small Worlds and it's titled that, but there's nothing in it right now. Uh, but there will be. There has <laughs> there actually has to be because I have a deadline. There's no there's no option. Oh, you have a deadline. Yeah. Okay, cool. When did you um, start pulling together ideas for the new book? Um, maybe a few weeks after I'd handed in Open Water, so March, April 2020 last year. Well, you didn't give yourself much of a break in between. No, it happened really quickly. I feel like I had, I feel like I had quite a large break sort of in the middle when I was doing the press and publicity or starting the press and publicity for Open Water. I'm someone who always feels like I'm always writing. Like I'll be sat in a bar or I'll be washing up or in the shower and suddenly a sentence comes to my mind and I'm like, I need to write that down. Um, and then often I'm like, I need to follow the path of that sentence. Where do you write it down? Anywhere I can. Like on my phone, <laughs> notebook, like scrap of paper, a menu, um, a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm not, if I'm not close to anything, I've developed this, this really bad habit where like, I've only recently realised it. If I'm not close to anything, I'll... I'll like repeat the sentence to myself like 10 times so that I'll remember it. And then at the nearest opportunity, I'll be like, let me just. (laughs) That's a nice idea that you might have to sort of write it in some sand or something and hope it doesn't get washed away by a wave. Yeah, yeah. I think also the notes app on phones has really revolutionized writing because you can just like quickly or you can do that sort of recording to yourself thing. (laughs) I've got, yeah, that like, I mean, you wouldn't see it if I showed you now, but like that, like my small worlds kind of notes started in the notes app and it just, I copied and pasted it two weeks ago and it was 10,000 words long whoa like, well that's a book is, proposal yeah I was so like, it's done it. it's done like it's cool it's fine we don't have to we don't have to do anything <laughs> job's done <laughs> but, um, which is cool but yeah it's been it's been nice to sort of be in the the process of writing and imagining again um, and I mentioned that like just before we we got on I'm working on a TV show as well um, and that's also been nice to kind of come to a slightly different medium, but also to sort of employ all of the things that I'm interested in. So 
to bring in the more visual elements that come because of my photography and then the writing yeah and also the music that I feel will like run all the way through the show yeah I wanted to get to that later but that your your work is just so it's so um it's almost cinematic in the way that it's it's so full of music and reference and sound even that's a sound in a bar or the sound of a train or the sound of anything I think it would just it's a no-brainer for that to be put into kind of a TV show, but then also you're kind of handing over your internal vision to someone else, I assume. Is that nerve-wracking? Yes and no. Yeah, yes, because it's just like, it's this idea of handing over like this like quite vulnerable and honest piece of yourself to someone else for them to attach a piece of their vulnerability to it and then emerge it into the world. Um, but no, because the people that I'm working with are great and they just they're just like, what do you want to do like how do you want to do this which oh, I feel good. like yeah I feel like it's quite a privileged position to be in I don't think it goes like that all the time <laughs> do this yeah <laughs> I hate it scrap it <laughs> that's cool well we'll come back to that actually but I wondered for anyone um listening who hasn't read the book or the Michael and Zoe piece if you would mind just kind of in your own words describing open water and then how that kind of led to because I, I do feel like the kind of both I feel like that that shorter story Michael and Zoe is kind of is linked to it in a way. I, I like to think myself that the kind of the characters in it might have been sort of cross paths at it's some time like or something. It's in the same universe, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but if you could just sort of explain um, Open Water and then and then that one, that would be great. Um, open Water is a is a, at its heart, it's a love story. Um, in terms of the two characters you meet very early on in the book, who have this very instant connection and don't know how to walk away from each other in a sense and spend essentially spend the book like drawing out one night which is that's what it feels like it feels like one like sort of long evening that they've spent together um and trying to navigate the different circumstances which might come between them like being intimate and being together um but it's also a i don't know it's also a love a sort of like a love letter to to southeast london which is where i grew up um and i think it's an ode to to black creativity and black expression as well. Um, I think when I was writing it, like I really wanted to, I really wanted to like, the question I asked was what could the novel be? Um, and immediately it was the idea of love came to mind and it was like, I think I hold so much in like really high esteem. Like I'm very like reverent of so many different things. Um, and I wanted to express that. I wanted to say like, I think love is amazing. Like I think that creativity is amazing. Like I think Southeast London is amazing. Like how can how can I express this across however many thousand words? Um, and I think with Michael and with Michael and Zoe, there was this particular particular attraction to these these intangible moments that occur when we like you know when we glance at someone or we look at someone and there's something there. There's something like that's in the air, like a spark, um, some sort of feeling that you can that you can feel, but you might not necessarily be able to give a name to without kind of like designating them like this, the happy conclusion. Like I just wanted to see what would happen if I let pe two people meet and then took them apart and then brought them back together again. So nice, like a sort of <laughs> fictional puppet master. <laughs> it sounds like you're, um, you're an enthusiast. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like... I'm super enthusiastic about a lot of things. <laughs> it's like, yeah, someone told me once that enthusiasm is like it's it's sort of like a godly thing, and it's like a, something that's been I don't know the exact quote. I'll send it to you one day, but mm -hmm. it's something about how it's like one of the most like sacred traits to have because mm -hmm. it can kind of tide you through a lot of things. 
but it can also lead you to loads of exciting places and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I like I often am just like going down like YouTube rabbit holes and sort of following one link after another, and then somewhere on the fifth page of Google, I'll find something that's like, this is extraordinary. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you want to share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm always like, bless my partner, I'm always like, have you heard about this like amazing thing? It's, it's, not, it's, it's just, it's fun to me. It's nice to be around enthusiasts too, because you get show notes of cool stuff without having to look for it. So it's very nice. So Michael and Zoe was kind of accompanying Open Water. Um, and I wonder, obviously, Open Water came out in February and Michael and Zoe came out, I can't remember when, bit after that like April or something have you received what kind of feedback have you received on I suppose mostly the book um what kind of messages have people sent you what kind of things have people said to you about it I get like a whole range of things it's so today actually I opened my phone and I had a five minute voice note from a woman that I had met in a bookshop she's a film director and asked me to be part of something she was working on and I signed a book for her um, and she messaged me today and like kind of voice noted me and was just saying how much the book meant to her and how much she took from it and how much she was taking into her personal life, which is like, it's been like a really like regular occurrence and it's very humbling to to put something into the world and to have people respond in that sort of way. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know, I... You know, first and foremost, I wrote the book for me because I was like, I think this is, I think this is great. Like all, of, I was just like, you know, love um, and Southeast <laughs> London and music and photography and, um, but I also wrote it towards the people that I love um, and hold very dearly. And I think that's one of the things that people have really been feeling. Um, so I'm glad that the energy that I put into it is being reciprocated. So nice. Must be quite overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> How do you reply? Thank you. Yeah. No, <laughs> Glad you yeah. liked it. <laughs> it's just like, and especially as it's such a range of, there's no kind of like stock message to be like, cheers, like, or thank you. But like, I really, yeah, I'm like really appreciative of it, of it all. But it does get sometimes get quite overwhelming. If you're writing, if, if this is your, if this is your first, this is your debut mm. novel, I suppose it would be tempting to kind of, offload all, all of the things you've been storing inside you for, since you could think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's this time where you can express everything mm -hmm. how how do you think writers then approach their second third fourth novel when when they've kind of put so much of themselves in into the first and do you think you can ever write books that are completely removed from your own feelings and your own experience or do you think it's something that will always kind of be in there somewhere like it, it will always come through the lens that is me of not just necessarily like what I have known, but what I imagine something might be. Um, I think the, like being in the process of writing this this new novel is, is not so much about not having anything left to write about, but it's more so telling myself that it's okay to be vulnerable again and to go to the place that I did to write open water. Um, my editor said something to me a couple of months ago about how you don't, once you've like started down a path, you don't really turn back. You've like, you've written this book and you know, you don't double back on yourself and then start again. Like you're, you're asking the same questions, but perhaps from a different angle or perhaps you're going deeper um, or the lens has changed, the characters have changed. Um, 
but I'm still concerned with the same things. I'm still really interested in love. Um, I'm still really interested in expression. I'm still really interested in what happens when two people meet and just find that they need to be close to each other and that they want to know each other, not just in that specific moment, but want to know each other again and again. Um, and so that, for me, that those are the kind of guiding things for my work. And I like, I always have that in my mind. It kind of, it dictates everything that I'm writing, whether that's a novel or for the screen. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I don't know, like it, it kind of feels like, in a way it feels like I'm doing it, doing the same thing again, but it's, it's not at all. It's, it's going deeper, it's going a bit further. Um, and I feel a bit more confident this time around because I've done it <laughs> once. In, in what way does that newfound confidence from experience manifest in the process of the second book? It becomes, because for me, I'm someone who doesn't plan very much. Like I have like, I'll have like a heading with a couple of lines after it and then and that's it. Like I'll cut it off there. Like I don't, I don't want to be too prescriptive. Like I like being in the moment and allowing the work to emerge then and if it does it does and if we have to try again the next day then we'll have to try again the next day I'm I'm someone who kind of really thinks of writing like jazz like improvisation like I want to be able to I know that I have the tools and it's like I want to be able to express that said feeling in that moment um with whatever tools I have in my hand and I think it's more of like a trust in myself to be like oh yeah like it's fine like it's okay um I think that's why I'm like not worried that there are no words in this document because <laughs> it will be okay. <laughs> it's good that you have that courage. <laughs> Nothing worse than a blank page ever. Or sometimes it's quite nice. It depends it on what mood you're in. It is. I think like Open Water was a series of blank pages before I filled them. Like I never. Yeah. Like every day was just a, was five minutes of like just being like you've got this. It's okay. Um, and going where the narrative like kind of felt like it was going towards um, and really trusting my own instinct and intuition. Yeah, I feel, I feel like so much of writing and creativity in general is just, it's faith. It's being able to say, I can, I can show up today and I can, I can pull something from me. Did I, did I like achieve what I was setting out to do, which for me is always closing that gap between emotion and expression. Um, and if I've done that, then yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But so special as well to be led by what's coming out and trust that open water is there is a there is a narrative but it, it it's it's not linear in a kind of traditional start middle end no. way and was that is that a product of the process in which you wrote it because it sort of came together in this kind mm -hmm. of way where you were being led by it mm -hmm. there was there was never a part of you that wanted to be like this is how it's going to be I'm going to write it yeah I think. It's funny because the part of open water that I knew where it was going to be was the ending, like the last like three or four chapters I wrote first, knowing that that was coming at the oh, end. Oh, interesting. Um, which I've never done before. And so, yeah, like that, that was like a really, that was an interesting thing. And I think I sort of have that with this new novel as well. Um, but the new novel has a little bit more structure to it it's set over three different summers um across the course of eight years um but that's about it that's about that that's about cool. that's where the structure ends it's like okay now i can just like play around here i feel like you write about seasons very well there's yeah. a lot of and maybe that's partly to do with um 
especially open water being so I feel like London is like one of the main characters in in that book and, oh, yeah. and when you live in London the seasons it, it shifts the whole city around you and that's the same in the countryside too obviously mm. but mm. it's different because the places that you go the things that you do the things that you eat and drink the sounds you hear the smell everything changes in the city which just adds so much that when when it's just such a treat I mean people who if anyone's listening to this who's read the book and also lives in London, it's like when you're reading it, you feel like, I've been on that train. <laughs> I've been to Peckham Plex. Like, it's really exciting. And you feel like um, when you do go into a season or a time or a month and when you describe that it's raining and actually that's quite a nice feeling or like even just talking about duvets or mm-hmm. Ubers or mm-hmm. um, Supermalt or just food and drink, you're like, it, it, it's so... Um, it just makes you feel really involved because it's something that you can understand. It's so universal. Yeah. Or the sound of a song or and anything like that. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's really special. Um, so when thinking about love stories mm. in general, Open Water is a tale of the protagonist falling for his best friend and a sort of undulating relationship mm-hmm. taking place from there. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, a very sort of day-to-day story in that it's wonderful. Um, but it's also about love in like kind of every other sense, which you kind of touched upon. So do you think a love story has to always be kind of centred in romantic love between people? Mm. And what other parts of the story do you think kind of celebrate love and how? Mm. I think, no, like I think that love just can exist between anyone and also just like by yourself as well. I think one of my one of the things I've written that I that I love so dearly is this is this story about um it's called Prey and it's about two young brothers who are orphans and they only have each other and there's this real like I don't know there's this like kind of constant switching of roles between them like there's two years between them and they they constantly feel like they're flipping in terms of responsibility depending on the situation. Um, but there's this knowledge that they don't just like each other, they love each other. There's always something that's going to hold them together. And that, for me, is a really interesting sort of love because, I don't know, like, I, I love my family dearly, but there are times when you don't always <laughs> like your family. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just, that's how it goes, right? <laughs> Which is really beautiful and, again, universal. Like, no yeah. one's expecting you to, like, adore your family mm. every fight. Even friends, even I yeah. mean, also boyfriends and girlfriends, girlfriends and girlfriends. It just doesn't really work like that. No, it can't. It, yeah, it would be concerning. <laughs> I'd be like, someone needs to say what they're holding to their chest. Pushing it under the carpet yeah, just... for years. So, yeah, like, I think that, I don't know, there's, for me, I'm really interested in in love as in a way to like create space for someone else, for them to be like the most honest version of, of themselves, a place where they don't feel like they have to kind of shield or hide anything, or a place where they can kind of take their time doing that. Um, yeah, like I think I'm always, I'm really intrigued in this idea of like honesty and and how we allow each other to be sort of honest in, in each other's spaces. Um, 
and love stories just feel like the most appropriate vehicle for for that. I wanted to ask you about um, Zadie Smith. There's a book, yeah. NW, that you reference so often in Open Water. It's the one I haven't read. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I heard this amazing interview with Zadie Smith years ago where she said that when she's walking around North London, she almost finds it difficult to not start writing stories in her head. And it's gonna, probably it's quite annoying, actually. Just like, the stories are coming in mm-hmm. from all places and yeah. and she doesn't find that anywhere that anywhere else. Do you find that in South East London, stories just kind of being yeah. thrown at you? Yeah, yeah, like constantly. Like in a way that like they all eventually make their way into something. It's just like it's for me, especially as a photographer, like I'm always looking, I'm always trying to see and to understand what people's stories are. Um, But these like everyday moments that I don't know. I don't know whether it's like I'm just specifically looking out for them um, or if I'm just walking through South East London at the right times. But like I always just feel like I, yeah, I just see so much, which like astounds me. Like I, a few weeks ago, I was walking around my the area where my family home is and there was someone driving a van up a hill there were two people in the front and there was no one else on the road but him and for a moment he let go of the steering wheel and reached for a lighter and lit a cigarette in his and like kind of just like smoked freehand for a moment and then put his hands back on the wheel and it was if no as if nothing had happened it was fine it lasted like <laughs> three seconds and for me it was just like that's I don't know, I was so special, it just really took me. Um, yeah, stuff like that's very, it feels very moving in a way that someone would like express some sort of humanity without knowing that no one else is looking. Yeah, you know, just that's like, interesting, yeah. isn't it? Writers walking around the world, watching everyone and putting them into books. <laughs> 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 what came first for you? Was it photography or writing? Writing. I feel like I've been writing since I was like six or seven years old. My mum sent me a screenshot of a short story that I had published when I was 10, and she was, it was so bad. It was what was it about? It's about, um, it was in an anthology about um, about the Romans, because, you know, when you're yeah, in like, obsessed. around that age group, yeah, yeah you're like, <laughs> that's what you study for history. Um, and it was just about, it was about a guy that like, someone who'd gone missing, and instead of looking for them, <laughs> you went and got drunk. <laughs> I think he just went and had some mead, I remember. <laughs> always was, mead. And then he was like, yeah, like, I, I better go and find them. And then the story suddenly <laughs> ends because someone like taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and that's the end of the story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was, always, I was always reading. I always had a book in my hand when I was growing up. Um, what were the books as a teenager that you, or even, you know, preteen, that you kind of, you know, you'd read and then just start reading again or ones mm. that kind of really had an effect on you at a young age in terms of, like, the style of writing? Um, definitely Mallory Blackman, because she was local. Um, she was, like, she lived in... I think she lived in Downham. Um, and I went to school between Bellingham and Beckenham Hill. So she was literally around the corner. Cool. And so it was just, like... And that was always said to us, like, we have this, like, local author um, who lives close. Uh, and so she would release a book, and I would drag my mum to go and get it from from the bookshop, and just and I'd like just read and reread and reread until stuff was falling apart. I remember reading Noughts and Crosses, and just thinking like I'd never read 
anything quite like it. Um, something that I could see myself in, but also challenge the world as I saw it. Um, which was so, yeah, just really intriguing to me. And I remember giving it to school, like teachers at school and being like, you should read this. Like, I, And I was like, I, I can't quite explain why, but you should read this. And for me, it's the most obvious thing. It's like, you must read this. <laughs> you, you it's funny you as a school kid. I mean, it's such an important book. We're going to the teacher like, read this. Yeah, just like, like, Have you not read this? Like, <laughs> that just comes back to you sort of being an enthusiast, isn't it? It's like you, that, that desire to share something mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. which is probably why... Um, you're a writer and a photographer because you want to sort of, you know, you take a photo of a guy mm-hmm. not holding onto the wheel in a van <laughs> while lighting a fag and you're like, I've got to show someone this. It's great. <laughs> Do the photos you take ever kind of help you in writing? Do you ever look back on photographs you've taken maybe out and about or like street mm-hmm. photography and, does, mm-hmm. and you kind of, do you get inspired by your own photography in terms of the writing? Yeah, I don't do nearly as much street photography as I did when I was younger. And actually I've been, for the past like three months, I've been constantly going on eBay and thinking about what camera I'm going to spend all my money on. <laughs> um, so, because I only shoot, and I only shoot on film, which is a dangerously expensive habit, mm. um, both in terms of equipment and actually developing it. So, yeah, like I, I but when I was, when I was like sort of 18 or so, that's when I've had my first uh, camera. Um, and I would just walk around and, and just kind of shoot because I, I, one, I didn't really know what I was doing, but also, I was like, okay, what, what, what is it that I see and what am I attracted towards? Um, and there's this big archive of photography from like back then, which um, one day I will sort out. Like, I, like I've said to myself, it's in like a singular folder. Um, and every so often I like click on it. And I'm like, maybe today's the day we start. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> no that's, not, that's not possible. There's no, one day. One day. Um, but I do, yeah, I... I try to create a folder, mood board of images before I start on projects, just because it makes it makes it easier to have reference, both for myself and for people that are involved in the work. Um, but often I, when I'm writing, I find myself turning towards photographs. Um, there are quite a few that are mentioned in Open Water. And actually, like one of my favourite photographs, which is Couples Dancing, by Roy de Carabra, mm. it's like sort of like the closer of, of the book. I love writing towards photography. It's because photography has this um, has this really visceral element that that's so, that is really immediate. That doesn't always happen so quickly with writing. I love using photographs to sort of bridge that gap. Yeah, to, to express a feeling a little bit quicker than I might be able to just with words. Like a little nudge. Yeah, in a way. Um, but most of my writing feels like photography. Like it feels like I'm, I often feel like I'm like transcribing snapshots of moments that I can see. Like I don't, so often it's like, it's like I've seen a photo and I don't quite know what that process, how that process works or how it happens, but it, it just sort of does. Like That's I'm like, really interesting, transcribing something that you're seeing. Yeah, but it often is just completely imagined. God, it's crazy your brain can do that. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. Um, so, the New York Times wrote a piece about the book, no big deal, um, and it described reading or writing as almost being like synesthesia, which mm. I suppose touches that on that kind of similar thing. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think. Because I just, I don't know, 
because I'm so excited about everything, I try and force everything into a single sentence. And so, like, you're getting, like, you're getting all the music and all of the photography and all of the writing and just, like, a line. That's what it kind of... So often I'm just like, how do I distill everything I'm feeling into a sentence? How can I express this in, like, a sentence and have people be like, oh, yeah, like, that's what he's feeling or trying to say. Um, my work wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for all of the other elements that make its way in, whether they're spoken about or whether it's just, like, an unconscious thing. Um, because, yeah, like, on any given day, like, I'm hap- I'm just, like, happy to kind of, like, just come across something in the New Yorker and read it, and I might take something from, from it directly, or it might just influence me in a way which emerges into some work, or it doesn't. Um, I listen, I usually listen to an album a day, just, like, all the way through, because I really like the process of being a bit still mm. um, and receiving something from someone else. And, again, it might help, but it it also might not directly. But it still has influenced me yeah, in a way. Yeah, put, putting you in a mood, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I think is so much of, like, what my work is. It's um, it's less prescriptive and more atmospheric. It's yeah. quite, like, mood. It's not really, like... Yeah, often it's not very direct. It's like, this is a mood and, like, how do you feel when you're in this space? So I think that's all the questions about the book. Mm. I want to do a quick-fire love round. Go on. Best love song. Best Sorry, love these are really hard. Oh, Brace yourself. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, maybe not best love song, but favourite love song currently? <laughs> oh, it's too hard, isn't that's it? It's so difficult. I really sprang that on you. There's a song, um, Peace of Mind, by Lauren Hill, which is in her Unplugged set, which is really good. Um, Favourite rom-com or romantic film? Doesn't have to be a com. Romantic film before Sunrise. Oh, great shout. <laughs> um, and a love story. Giovanni's Room by Mr James Baldwin. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. You're done. Amazing. I shouldn't spring those on people. That's quite difficult, isn't it? Those are hard questions. Good questions. (laughs) But hard questions. Thank you so much to Caleb. I really can't recommend his book, Open Water, and his We Present piece, Michael and Zoe, enough. So please check them out. You've been listening to Thought Starters. Join our growing community by following White City Place on social. Hit the links in our show notes to find out more about Caleb's work and all the other incredible guests that have been through the doors of White City Place.